Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> to real talk with realtors and real people. And real people. About real things. And yeah, so we have Stacey Jones back. Are you still Stacey Jones? I'm actually Stacey Dunn. Dunn. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, Stacey yeah. Dunn. But you can call me whatever you want. Things. <laughs> Stacey Jones Dunn. And I felt very inspired by the last episode of you talking oh, about flipping you. and investing. Yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners, I mean, I know a lot of my friends listen to it and they're first time home buyers and they're interested in real estate and interested in how to build wealth. So uh, we kind of started talking about that before we started podcasting just now. And so I wanted to ask you more about what's your personal story. Like what inspirational story can you tell about your early investing days and like how you got started? Yeah. Well, um, I had parents who were, didn't have a lot of money, but were definitely believers in real estate. Um, and they bought rental properties Mm -hmm. and, um, and really encouraged me to buy a home. And back when I was buying a home, it was more unusual for a single woman to be buying a home. So that was kind of age at age 27, 27. it was like 98 Mm -hmm. or 99. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that was definitely unusual at the time. I didn't have a secure job, (laughs) which lending practices were a little different back then, but I had saved, um, money and my parents, um, loaned me half the money Mm. and for my down payment and went on title with me so that I could qualify for the loan. Okay. And then a year later I had paid them back that money and refinanced the house because at that time, I think when I started, it was 11 or 12%. And that was at the beginning of the decline in interest rates. So every year they just kept going down. So it was advantageous for me to refinance just a year later, get them off title, get a better interest rate. Mm -hmm. And that kind of started me on the property trajectory. Okay. Yeah. So how'd you buy your second home? Cause okay. If you're going to buy a primary mm-hmm. at the time, did you only need to put 3% down still or was it more than no, that? No, I put 20 percent down yeah because now if you buy an investment property you have to put it depends but 15 to 25 percent down which of you know four hundred thousand right. dollar house is so hard for people yeah for so i had taken and i kind of did this of course again lending practices were a little different but i had refinanced um my home as an owner occupied mm-hmm. pulled money out of it cash out refi cash out refi use that money as a down payment for the next house purchase the next house i think at that time interest rates were changing so dramatically that i think i did a cash out refi on that house bought the Mm. next house sold that house lived in a rental for a couple months bought the next house really used you know i was single and then married no kids and i moved I don't know, five times in the course of six and a half years. So say you have to put in the work. Yeah, you yeah. do. You got to keep moving. Yeah. If you're and that was those. with a full-time job. But then yeah. I finally decided, hey, you know what? I think this is making quite a bit of money and I hate my job. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to do this full-time. And what were you doing? I was in pharmaceutical sales. Oh, it was I terrible. thought about that in yeah, college. It was awful. And so, and then took a break. And when we moved to Chico, started having kids And then after I had the third one in 2011, we were living in Mansion Park and I was like, oh, I really want to get back into this and I really want to work. And so I kept bugging my next door neighbor like, hey, if you ever want to sell your house, if you ever want to sell your house. And finally, she was like, you know what? I want to sell my house. Great. (laughs) So I bought it. 
wow, you'd make a good realtor. Yeah, flipped it. <laughs> um, and that was, you know, and I was out there with like the baby backpack yep. and we live right next door. So I had a baby monitor. Yeah. So I could like I had a lot of freedom, flipped that house. And then that kind of got me started back in real estate as an, as a, um, as an investment and as a profession. Yeah. So you've been, what were you doing between when you sold the home in Davis and first flipped in Chico. So we bought our quote unquote forever home mm. where we lived for like five years. Yeah, no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> everyone. Says so. I know. We'll and so that's what I mean when I was, I said earlier, like I think everyone's sort of flipping their house because mm-hmm. you are going to sell it eventually. And so you should think about what are some things, you know, plant that tree or things that are going to be, you know, advantageous to you when you go to move. But, um, so I was having children. I had mm. three children between 2006 and 2011. Okay. Um, so you're staying at home with them. So I was a stay at home mom, yep. which, you know, was not for me. And so I was very interested in getting back in uh, working. I so love to work. So you've been flipping like most of your career. Adult life. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what would you like, how should somebody get started here in Chico or your average price? Like you got kind of got to get a property for two to three fifty mm-hmm. to be able to flip something. So what would you advise somebody who's looking to start doing that? Um, like where should they get the money maybe? Yeah. Or? I would say save your money. Yeah. Just <laughs> um, save. save your money. I do think there's, you know, more opportunity now with 3%, 5% loan down loans. Yeah, if it's, if you're buying as a primary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and that is how I got started. I was mm-hmm. buying a primary home. Mm-hmm. So the lending is a little bit more lenient and it's how I was able to take my time, learn, fix up a house. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it on average a year, year and a half, but that's still quite a bit of time to go around and fix up all the stuff you need to fix up yep. in your house. Yep. And so much of it is just elbow grease because yeah. most people walk in and if it smells or it's yucky, they can't see past the dirt or the grime or the yucky carpet or yep. whatever. So, you know, I think I said earlier, like the dirtier, the better mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. because then that decreases the amount of people who are interested in that house by a factor of a thousand. Yeah. Literally. So, yeah. So I would say be open to rolling up your sleeves and being willing to kind of live in a bit of a remodel state mm-hmm. for a while which is a lot easier to do without kids, although I've done it a ton with kids. Yeah. <laughs> or continue staying in your rental if you right. can afford it while right. you fix up the other house. We yeah. did that. Yeah. So there's there's definitely options. You know, or if honestly if I had it to start all over again, I would be, you know, maybe buying a house with like a little in-law unit in the back. Mm. So you could live in the in-law unit and fix the front house up and then you you're getting some kind of rental income, mm-hmm. you know, as you have that house. So it's a good idea too. Far and few between, but if yeah. you're keeping your eyes out. More now than them. ever, yeah. I think, you know, yeah. because of the uh, less restrict- restrictions on those. But mm-hmm. yeah. What about like, how do you find a good deal? <laughs> Brandy. <laughs> I know. What's the magic for that? Because it is hard. I, I think you have to be ready. Mm. And I think you have to be educated. And I think on the last podcast, I uh, mentioned Warren Buffett and the advice that everyone always asks him. And the second piece of advice he gives everyone is educate yourself Yeah. in every aspect, in every way that you can, so that you, when you are in the looking for a house or in the escrow process, you're not like, well, it needs a new water heater. What's that going to cost? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing, yeah. because for sellers, they don't want you to figure that out during the escrow no. process. They want 
to know that you're going to close on the house. Yeah. And so I would definitely say educate yourself, get a good home inspection, and uh, I think just be patient. Mm-hmm. Because and look at different times of the year. I mean, you know, and you guys have talked about on your podcast that certain times of the year are slower. Yep. And while there might be a little less inventory, there's also less buyers. So yeah. you might be able to get a house in December when a lot of people aren't really looking, and you know, get a good deal. Yeah. And then if it, the timeline worked out and you were buying it to flip it and put it back on the market, it'd be ready by spring. Yeah. So it's and a deal. and then Brandy, uh, you know, working with her, she's. I feel like she's always out there saying, hey, I have a client that's looking for. Mm -hmm. And so your realtor can really help you in that process Mm -hmm. of looking for and finding the the good deals and helping you kind of expand your mind of like, oh, I didn't want to be on this street because it's busy or I didn't want to be over here. And I've bought houses and lived in houses where I 10 years before that I thought I wouldn't want it. And then I live there and I'm like, Oh, actually this is pretty nice. It's a busy street, but I'm super centrally located. Yeah. You know, so the cost benefit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think to your point of like, you're working with Brandy through all the years Mm -hmm. and I've talked to quite a few young investors who think, and I don't, I'd be interested to see what bigger pockets have to say about Mm -hmm. this, but who will just contact five to 10 realtors and say, this is what I'm, I'm looking for a deal. If you find it for me, I'll work with you. Mm-hmm. And, but I might not sell with you. Like they're not willing to sign something saying mm-hmm. that if, if you find it to me, I'll also sell it with you. And I think that it's more beneficial to have one realtor that you work with. And then like you and Brandy have created in a sense where everybody knows that Brandy has a flipper that she works with yeah. and will bring deals to Brandy. I bring deals to you guys. Like everybody's willing to do that. If it get kind of helped, it would help that realtor out too, or help that realtor's client out. Um, whereas if you, if you're working with a bunch of different realtors and they all know that and they know you're not committed to them, mm-hmm. they're not going to work as hard for you. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, um, it, I'm, different markets are different. True. And so in a big market, I could see where that could be an effective strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you have maybe a special agent, like specialized agent per large neighborhood. Right. Kind of and you know, there are definitely some agents that are hungrier than others. Yeah. And so you might find that agent that you connect with and, and they're going after it as hard as you are. Mm-hmm. But in a smaller community, and I would, I mean, Chico is definitely like a tertiary, a tertiary market versus like Sacramento, a secondary and San Francisco being a primary, Right. I, you know, word gets around fast. It's a small community. Yeah. You know, you guys all, the realtors go to real, real estate conferences together. Mm-hmm. You interact with each other all the time. And, um, I did that a little bit in mm-hmm. the beginning and did not find that to be very effective at all. Mm-hmm. The only time I have found that to be effective is prior to my relationship with Brandy or I've bought a couple of places in Idaho mm-hmm. where I didn't really know anyone and approached and found a house that I wanted and went to them and said, I'm not working with a realtor. I will, you will get both sides of this deal. I want to buy this house. Here's my terms. If you want to represent me and your client, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. That has been effective. like you went to the listing agent. I went that. to the listing yeah. agent and said, this is what I'm willing to offer. If you want to write it up, you get both sides of the deal. And that is, and I'm not crazy lowballing them, yeah. but that can be an effective way to do that in a market that you're maybe not as active in. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But if you're in a, if you're going to continue buying homes in that That's market right. or Idaho or wherever yeah. you are, then it's good up with somebody. It's definitely, yeah. um, I mean, to me, relationships, I couldn't do, in fact, it was funny, a year or two ago, I was approached by HGTV to, hmm. on, to 
ad- audition or, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. we think you'd be great for this mm-hmm. um, new concept of a TV show we have. And the concept was, let's show people how difficult flipping really is. <laughs> so we'd like you to move to a place that you've never been, like, you know, Denver. Yeah. And we want you to basically start from scratch. And I'm like, what do you mean start from scratch? No investors, no relationships. And I was like, I have no interest in this because this TV show will fail. Yeah. You will not be able to do this without relationships. No. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm only successful at what I do. You're only successful at what you do because of the personal relationships that you have and that you've built and that the trust that people have built up in you. That's interesting. Yeah. And so I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'm like, (laughs) if you find something else, let me know. But here in Chico. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or, you know, I mean, a concept that would work, but that concept, I mean, not to be a Debbie Downer, but that concept will never work. No, because nobody wants to watch that. No one wants to watch somebody fail. Unless you're going to go door to door asking for investors. Yeah. No, no, Mm-mm. it's no. not interesting. It's not like, what's the word? Like flashy. It's not realistic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, all of my investors have, I've had personal relationships with or a personal relationship with someone that they have a close personal yes. relationship. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to invest or I'm going to invest with you, but I also want my son to invest with you or my mm. cousin or, or whatever. And that's yeah. how I've been able to do do what I do and those things take time it's like yeah. God, everyone these days just wants like an overnight success mm-hmm. and a quick money and I think with social media and TikTok and all these people my age <laughs> trying to advise people how to make millions I'm yeah. like you're 30 years old you don't yeah. know yeah. I don't know no I did so, I went with a I told you I went to my first real estate conference and it was a bigger pockets yeah. conference yeah and some 30 year olds know what they're doing Sorry, I basically but. just refused to go to any seminar where the person hadn't been doing real estate for at least 10 to 15 yes. years. Yeah, totally. I'm like, they you, have to have a track record. Yeah. Oh, it's been really easy to do real estate from 20, yeah. you know, 12 <laughs> right. on. Right. Right. Of course. But you have to be able to weather the, the down. The 2008s. Yeah. The yeah. 2008s, the 2022s, mm-hmm. the, you know, 80s. All, the 80s, all those different things. You have to be able to weather that. Yeah. And so I was selective about who I listened to. Totally makes sense. And, you know, I do, Brandy and I have invested in a group in which one of the, there's like four, I don't know what I would call them, like the main people that Mm -hmm. had this um, group of investors. And I'm sure they have a name that I know. But anyways, one of them is, he's young, early 30s. Mm -hmm. But he had, I don't know, a hundred and something doors by the time he was like 25. Mm -hmm. So someone like that, and you know, he's proven to us by the way he speaks and the videos he does and like our, our conference calls with him that he actually knows what he's talking about. Right. So there's that like needle in a haystack person, but most of the time these guys on TikToks, I have people send them to me all the time. It's like, what do you think about this? I'm like, I think that guy's 25 trying to tell you how to invest your money. Well, again, it comes back to education, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to educate yourself and be able to tell who knows what they're talking about and who's just sort of Mm -hmm. a social media person. And be able to differentiate those things and, and yeah. Yeah. Be smart, be selective. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our Videographer, media manager, and media manager, Courtney, has a question about Airbnbs. So you have experienced, how many Airbnbs have you had? Uh, Four or five? Or more than that? Yeah. I mean, it's fluctuated, but right now there's five. Total that you're running or that you have somebody run for you. Mm -hmm. Again, hiring out for that yes thanks so you can flip. <laughs> definitely hiring <laughs> out for that that's another i'm like you know i mean i could see if i was gonna like come up with this like 
portfolio of Airbnbs yeah. and I wanted that to be my job, but I don't want that to be my job. Airbnb management is a full-time job. It is absolutely a full-time job. So do you have any, like, just, there's so much to say about Airbnbs, but two cents on it. Should people start getting into that right now or has that ship sailed? Do we miss the boat? No, I don't think that you've missed the boat or anyone's missed the boat. I mean, I think there's always going to be fluctuations in the Airbnb market. I think it's pretty incredible how it's transformed the way we um, stay out of town. I mean, VRBO has been around longer than Airbnb has. Right. But I remember when that was just like a list like this. Right, right. And so, no, I don't think that it's too late. I think that the idea that you're going to completely pay for a house and make all this money with an Airbnb may be a little lofty depending on the area and the situation and things like that. Because I think that what we've seen over the last few years is certain areas just getting saturated. Right. Like Chico a little bit. Chico, which is just a kind of a small town with Mm -hmm. a university. We have a couple places in McCall, Idaho, which is a resort town. Mm. Oh, so you have a couple Airbnbs there. Mm -hmm. How many? Two? Three. Three. And do Mm -hmm. they do okay? Like, do you have pretty good stays? They, They do really, they do well. I did not, we did not invest in them thinking that they were going to be, one of them is, hey, let's buy a retirement home mm. and a you know, home that we want, not a retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> a home in let's which you want house. to retire. Yeah. <laughs> let's buy a house in the place where we want to retire yeah. and let's let someone else help partially pay for it. Okay. And that's done really well. Um, let's take a cabin that hopefully four weeks out of 52 mm-hmm. and it's sitting vacant for the other 48 weeks. So let's take that and make some money on it. Right. And and cover some of the costs of these other places. And in the meantime, I, there was, in the process of all that, I found this condo that to me was very cheap. Mm. And I was like, I'm just going to buy this condo, fix it up, and Airbnb it. Mm-hmm. I paid cash. I don't have to have a return on that investment. Mm-hmm. I'm just part of the return on the investment isn't going to be on a monthly basis. It's going to be the five appreciation. years, t- the appreciation. And that's the same in California. It's like we we have just steady appreciate. Yes. So. Yeah. And then I have a couple in Chico that are just, you know, steady and Mm -hmm. things kind of slowed down because so many people got in the market. Um, My Airbnb manager told me that, you know, one month last year, September or something like that, 300 and by November we had 400. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. So the city's making good money on that. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, a lot of people are thinking, oh, this is just going to be a cash cow. And it's probably so then you're going to see a little bit of atrophy. You know, there's going to be people who realize, oh, wow, I'm not going to be able to make my payment just based on this. And they're going to pull their houses and go back to long-term rentals. Yeah. And then by then it's like they've put in all this money to furnish Mm -hmm. it and make it cute. And then all the effort to make it an Airbnb. I mean, I did the same. I have the duplex right here down the Mm -hmm. street and I, it's close to the hospital. So I thought, okay, when I move out of my unit, I'll make it either an Airbnb or like a six month, whatever, like a nurse's rental or traveling OT or whatever. And I ran all the numbers. I got estimates on furniture. One of the main issues was it's a downstairs unit. So I was really nervous about reviews on like Mm -hmm. the kid upstairs running around, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, how can I mitigate that noise? And at the end of the day, I would have made, or I do make more money as a long-term rental Mm -hmm. than A, putting in all that initial investment into, I mean, I think I was going to spend 30 grand just to furnish it and then do the insulation in the ceiling. And... 
Airbnb. I mean, it just wasn't worth it. Right. So I think people really need to list out those costs, really understand how much it costs to furnish Mm -hmm. these days. Like you can't get a dresser for less than 800 bucks these days, Mm -hmm. you know? So all those costs have gone up. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it's not going to be rented full time. Yeah. Um, People usually overestimate how much they're going to rent it. Um, don't take into consideration, you know, you're now paying PG&E and yeah, and cable, yeah, I had to look and into internet solar. and all that yep. kind of stuff. Management, mm-hmm. um, insurance is different for Airbnbs, generally speaking. And now mm-hmm. a lot of places, Tahoe is a great example. Yeah, a lot of places are putting restrictions on those, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean. It's, it's good and bad. Depends yeah. on what side of the fence you're on. But it is taking away a lot of um, long-term rentals mm-hmm. and driving those costs up. True. But I think that we're going to see a correction in that as people, like I said, realize, okay, maybe this isn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Right. For me here in Chico, I did that during the pandemic because I got a little skittish about the fact that California was willing to just let people not pay their rent. Yeah. And at that time I had, I don't know, seven or eight rentals in Chico. And I was like, um, I can't afford (laughs) $30,000 in mortgages (laughs) if everybody just decides they're not going to pay their rent. Yeah. So, you know, it did give me some flexibility. Like I can sell this house anytime I want. Yeah. And it's staged and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. You kind of have to just take it with your own situation, but yeah. And be discretionary. Um, have you looked into buying a rental, like a vacation rental in other countries, like Mexico, like Cancun or something like that? I have not. Of course, I, like everyone else, have salivated over the $1 houses in Italy I and know, right? Spain and been like, like 200K for a beach damn house. Kids, they're <laughs> holding me back from my future. Um, not no. for long. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I, I haven't. And, you know, even I know many people who have places in Hawaii Mm -hmm. and DC and places like that. And we looked at that, but at the end of the day, even like with Idaho, I was like, okay, we have millions of, we have millions of dollars invested in places that we are not putting our eyes on very often. So we kind of had to pull back and make a commitment like, hey, we're going to get out there like every other month mm-hmm. just to look because. So Dave Ramsey says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, you know, not all Airbnb management companies are the same. Yeah. I have an independent here in Chico. She's amazing. I think mm-hmm. she does one of Brandy's. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely amazing. And she is on top of it. And I have five star ratings and I used a national company because I just didn't know any local companies mm. in Idaho, mm-hmm. they were horrible, Ugh. absolutely horrible. We, Bummer. there was no, um, no customer relations, no feedback when we got negative reviews, not very good cleaners. And mm. it's all about the cleaning Yep, because you can have like something out of place or you don't have a can opener, but if the place isn't clean, you're going to get bad reviews. Yeah. Know. That's the and first thing people say is yeah. it was dirty. Yeah. yeah. So then I had to pull back and reevaluate. And so then I spent days and weeks like looking through all the Airbnbs in that area and who was using and then interviewed all these companies mm. and finally went with a, a, a local, a larger local company, but a local company. And the change, uh, we just made that change a couple months ago and the change has been dramatic. When I go on Airbnb, I see our houses, like they <laughs> pop right up, you God know, forbid, yeah. yeah, you know, and the reviews have been great and they're Good. a super host. And so okay. the management, I would say can literally make or break you. Yeah. Yeah. Make or break it. Did you ask the realtors you've worked with over there for any? I did. Um, 
I, I did, I think the feedback's always mixed, but I, and not to say every national company, um, is, um, bad, but I do think having that local hands-on is super important. And the national company that we went with was just kind of like turn and burn. And it was like, Oh, once we have your listing, we don't really care. Yeah. And then once that kind once I started to see that happening, I kind of talked to my local Airbnb person and some people who are more active and, you know, are going to the conferences and Mm -hmm. doing all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. which I've never done. And they go, oh yeah, that, (laughs) you know, hmm. Yeah. It's kind of well known in the industry that that particular company is kind of just turn and burn. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, okay. So So again, education. Yeah. Education. Education. The more you know. mm Mm-hmm. So, and talking to people yeah. and, you know, finding out, like, what do you think? Thank you. Good job. It's been fun. Happy Friday. I know. <laughs> Happy Friday. Cheers. School's and out. School's out for summer. Dylan Yay. can watch the puppy. I can get back to work full time. And <laughs> we'll hopefully see you on the next one. Awesome.